welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Ellen, it is amazing. 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 So today we are going to be talking about The Madness of Lord Ian Mackenzie by Jennifer Ashley in today's mini episode. But first, mom, this book posits that all of us are a little mad. What makes you a little mad? <laughs> well, um, so many. Things. Like crazy mad or angry mad? Crazy mad. Well, it's probably the same answer. Um, probably my children. Are a little crazy mad. <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean all of them, but if you want to go there, yes. Yeah. Hey, let's be honest. If any of, like, I'm probably the least. um i'm trying to think what you know like makes me just um i don't care about that that's not what the question was okay not angry mad but like okay crazy mad okay like what makes me a little crazy um i think our trivia brains make us a little crazy i think so and um yes our move like let's be specific movie trivia brains because we don't know anything about actual important stuff no, we don't like no history or <laughs> geography. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> but we do know a lot of movie trivia. Well, someone once asked me um, about balance in my life. And, and I said, well, if any part of my life is out of balance, it's probably my need to watch movies and know everything about movies. Yeah. Every time I leave a movie, I, I'm on IMDb looking up who everybody was, what else they'd been in. I mean... Yeah, I feel bad because <laughs> um, when my male friend and I, I don't like the word boyfriend, when my male friend and I watch. <laughs> you make it sound like an escort. <laughs> <laughs> when we watch movies together, I'm always just sitting there like spewing out random trivia about the movie. And I'm like, sorry, this is, I, I realize that this is probably annoying, but. It's not something I can easily turn off. I'm sorry. Yes. Probably because I'm so used to going to movies with someone who cares, (laughs) i.e. you. (laughs) I mean, and no one else cares. Your dad's the same way. And um, we were talking, uh, the other day we were talking about a movie that we'd been, a show that we'd been watching, and I was talking about how good it was. and, And I said, isn't it good? And your dad's like, I don't know. I don't get as excited about this stuff as you. <laughs> I was like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I would say our trivia brains and then like my me more so than you, but like my fanaticism for shows and things like that. And like I get hooked on like one thing. and You do. You're like a terrier. And Ooh, that's I, was in the I will just attack for <laughs> like a week or two and then it dies out but you know that's i i get, I get like and then that. you get me atta- to attached to it and then it dies out with you and i've got to see it through because i've got more of a i gotta finish this mentality than you do yeah that's true Hmm. um okay so that's what makes us a little mad what makes you a little mad i'll ask on the facebook group so come tell us um Today, we are going to be talking about The Madness of Lord Ian Mackenzie by Jennifer Ashley. This is the first book in her Mackenzie McBride series, which is at currently, 
11 books with a few novellas and such thrown in there. Um, both mom and I have previously read this one. I think I figured out that I've read up to about book six and mom, I think has read a little bit past I that. I think I've read the whole series unless some have come out there has in the last some, two years. There have been some that have come out oh, in the last two wow. years. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, yeah, so, uh, that is, it's, it's a long series to be sure. Um, this week has been a little crazy. I know I always say that, you guys. What? Alan didn't read anything else? <laughs> well, no, because I did not write a book cover description. Oh, <laughs> so here is the back cover description for this book. The year is 1881. Meet the McKenzie family. Rich, powerful, dangerous, eccentric. A lady couldn't be seen with them without ruin. Rumors surround them of tragic violence, of their mistresses, of their dark appetites, of scandals that set England and Scotland abuzz. The youngest brother, Ian, known as the Mad Mackenzie, spent most of his young life in an asylum, and everyone agrees he is decidedly odd. He's also hard and handsome, and has a penchant for Ming pottery and beautiful women. Beth Ackerley, widow, has recently come into a fortune. She has decided that she wants no more drama in her life. She was raised in drama. An alcoholic father who drove them into the workhouse. A frail mother she had to nurse until her death. A fussy old lady she became constant companion to. No, she wants to take her money and find peace. To travel, to learn art, to sit back and fondly remember her brief but happy marriage to her late husband. And then... Ian McKenzie decides he wants her. <laughs> and that's the book cover description. So, Mom, what did you think of both your first time and your reread of The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie? Okay, Ellen, I loved it the first time. I loved it more the second time. <laughs> I love this book. Yeah, I... Um, I think I... I mean, it's been... It's been a long time since I've read this one. I was thinking about it because uh, I was remembering where I was when I read this and like basing it on what bed I was sleeping in, in what room in an apartment of my life. And I was like, wow, so that had to have been over five years ago that I read this one. Um, so it's been a little while for me. So I did not remember a whole lot. I remember kind of the basic characters, but I think I, I mean, I seem to because, like, I had given it a four on Goodreads, but I think based on this read, I would give it a five. I really love this book a lot. I really love this book, too. It's, um, it was one of the early on series that I read. Definitely. Because as I was devouring series when I first started reading uh, Romance, and I got done with the Bridgertons, I think, and Ellen's like, well, you should read the Mackenzie McBride series. Mm-hmm. Um because it was when and, you were reading, like, exclusively historicals. Yeah, I was only reading historicals, and I just started. I was early on in my romance reading career. Mm-hmm. And, um, in fact, if you listen back, I think, like, to where the second or third episode that we ever did, I talked about reading this book. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, I mean, it hasn't been a while since I read it. It's only been a few ye- a couple of years, but... I've read a lot of books in between then and now, so it's hard for me to remember. And people on Facebook were asking, well, well you know, about the tropes Series. and things of the other books. And it's like, 
I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember more now that I finished this book. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember Hart had this thing going on and, you know, yeah. Cam had this thing. and So um, I remember a little more now, but definitely um, a great series. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the questions, but there's just a lot of things that this book is juggling and it does it very deftly. Like, yes. um, especially as we've talked about other books that I don't think have handled uh, all like of first book. Like first book-itis. Yes, we're going to talk and about this... first book-itis and all of that. So, um, yeah, I just I just really like this one a lot. Um, and, yeah. Um, okay, Mom, what did you think of Beth Ackerley as our heroine? I love Beth. And I love that she's so feisty, and I love that she stands up to his brother, and I mm-hmm. love that she just is like a little bulldog protecting Ian from. Yeah, I love everything. when. Yeah, because I love when she stands up to Hart. She does it on her behalf, and she does it, I think, even more so to Hart on Ian's behalf. On Ian's, because um, she felt like Hart was misusing him. Yeah, and I love that. You know, she comes in, and you know, people are like well, you don't understand the family. And she's like, I don't care. He is using you. Like, he's yeah. not treating you like a human being. And I don't appreciate that. And I love that she kind of calls him on it. Well, um, and and <laughs> the other thing I love, and it's not, you don't see it as much in this book, but in the subsequent books in the series, she just kind of takes this whole family in hand. And she just kind of, um, like, maternally, takes control of these brothers and they all become very like they come to her for advice and they you know when they have problems with their love life and and she becomes an integral part of their family and I love it yeah yeah and um I love how she kind of has she's she's very worldly but she's still kind of naive not naive but a little sheltered and you know she has these ideas that she kind of picked up from her uh you know old lady well ian always re- you know talks about how innocent she is and and even though she was raised you know among in a workhouse and among all these prostitutes know, and- prostitutes and and um so she grew up in a very you know sorted past but well, she, she still has, has to keep this... telling the brothers and the the detective who spoiler yeah. spoiler alert is also a brother. <laughs> um, but she has to keep telling them like I'm no fainting miss. Like you can tell me what's actually going on. Right. And but then also, um, yeah. But she's also like lived as a a vicar's wife and an old lady's companion, and so I think she's kind of picked up certain morals and ideas from her time there and she's um, definitely a a gentlewoman if you can say that yeah she's definitely got you know what she needs to mingle in society whatever she's got the mannerisms and stuff but she also can take it when they're swearing or when they're talking about body stuff or whatever well and 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 she even refers to i think especially towards the end of the book how she she loves that the brother you know she can take the brothers because everybody's always like, you know, they'll just do what they want and say what they want in front of you. And she's like, that's okay. I want them to be themselves in front of me. And well, that's what, and she even talks about how um, at first, I think it was, she was referring to Cam and he kept 
swearing in front of her and he kept apologizing for it and then finally he just stopped apologizing for it and she was just yeah. okay whatever <laughs> yeah yeah so i just i really love her like you said love how feisty she is love how strong she is and we're gonna talk about the sexy times mm. but i love that she's kind of like you know what been there done there with the marriage thing let's just have some fun i i want this dude so yeah let's, let's go at it and they do well yeah okay when we talk about the sex i got other stuff to say but yeah. i'll save it yeah anyway okay what did you think of ian oh as gosh, our hero I love ian i love ian i i love i love hearing his inner voice i mean he's obviously obviously he's on the spectrum and um well he's like an autist like a high functioning high functioning autism yeah and um you know has social issues and and things that he's dealing with but that beth just noticed right away how sweet he was and how caring he was and and he wanted to protect her from the get-go i mean he wanted to be you know he wanted her Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the very beginning and um yeah, I wrote down I wrote down a line for that because um, I just love how much he just like treasures her instantly. Mm-hmm. And he says later to her, he's like, when I saw you, I knew I had to take you away from him. Referring to the fiance that she Mather is yeah. his name. Mather, Mather. Um, and uh, he says he had no idea what you were worth. Just like he can't price the damn bulls. He's a Philistine. <laughs> It's, he was just so sweet with her. And um, the whole thing of him not being able to look her in the eye and then being able to look her in the, you know, working on it so he could look her in the eye when he Mm -hmm. talked to her. And Mm -hmm. um, he just, (laughs) and it was so sweet that, you know, she, it kind of hurt her feelings a little bit that he wouldn't look her in the eye. And then he said, I can't look you in the eye because when I look at your eyes, into your eyes, all I see are your eyes, and I lose track of everything else that's going on around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, she says, <laughs> she said, you seem so insulting, and then you always say stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to be mad at that? How am I supposed to be mad when you say stuff like that? Yeah, I, I also just love him. I love, there's, there's certain things about, you know, these things that other people find odd, um, like, like you just talked about with the not looking in the eyes. And then I love how kind of tactile he is, mm-hmm. um, which I know is very much a thing um, for people with autism. But um, how, like, as soon as they meet, he just, like, keeps holding her hand and is just, like, rubbing, you know, circles on the back of her hand the entire time they're talking. And this is, like, the first time they meet. And how, like, when he gets uncomfortable and they're closer, he just, like, buries his head in her hair and (laughs) things like that. And I just thought all of that is really sweet. And I love his kind of journey into, because he tells her, like, when they first meet, like, I can never love you. So it's good that you've been in love with your husband because it's it's never going to be like that for us. So I love his kind of journey into learning what love is and learning actually that he is just as capable as right. anybody else. Um, and well, and yeah. I loved how, like, when he kind of went off the rails when he was shooting the pistols and um, 
everybody's yelling at him, trying to get him to con, you know, trying to get him. And then all of a sudden, she, he just hears Ian. He just hears her voice. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, it's not even very loud, I don't think. At least that's the way I imagined it. But because it was her voice, he came like out of his. zones it out and just like, yeah. yeah. And, um, and he is able to focus again on what's going on around him. And just poor baby Ian, when he's talking about, like, his time in the asylum, I mean, it is so, I, I don't think of autism necessarily as being a mental illness, but it's just appalling how we had treated people with mental illnesses back then. And maybe we'll, you know, honestly, I hope we do look back on, you know, how we treat them now and have Well, even come the up- guy who he took the punishment for it was homosexual and he was in the asylum because his dad wanted him to get the homosexuality like whatever yeah. treated out of him yeah it's like wow so not only the way we treated mental illness but the way we the things Mis- we considered no me- <laughs> mental <Yeah>. illness <laughs> yeah not absolutely. we not me i wasn't there but you know and you know honestly i hope we do look back on how we handle mental illness now and be like wow we've improved so much i hope i hope that we do that but yeah um yeah, looking back on on then, it's like, geez, Louise. <laughs> and, you know, these electroshock and ice baths and things like that. And, and just when they're keeping him, they're, like, kind of displaying his... Flaunting his Kind of abilities. savant, his savantness and saying, like, he is unholy. He thinks he's so much better than us and all this stuff. And it's like, geez, Louise. Um, so that's just heartbreaking and the way his father treated, treated him and, you know, that he lived in fear that his dad was going to, if he wasn't in the mental asylum, his dad was just going to kill him for kill him. Knowing. Yeah. And killed their mother. Actually, as you read more books, you get to know more about their dad. He was not a good guy. (laughs) He was a very bad guy. I didn't get that feeling from this book alone. So. (laughs) Well, he gets worse. Yeah. So, um, yay. Yeah, yay. Um, but yeah, love Ian. He's, he's, and I mean, we've talked about this book and him a lot, especially like when we talked about um, the Helen Huang books and stuff like that. Right. Um, but he's such a unique hero that he's always just stuck with me, you know? Well, and it's so great to hear his inner thoughts and, you know, like you said about him being tactile and him talking about how the bathwater would burn his skin when he was a kid mm-hmm. and no one understood it. And well, his whole thing with the, with the Ming pottery is very like it's very much about that tactile, you know, right. thing that he has. And um, and just liking this kind of perfection in this thing that he can hold and hold yeah. manipulate and things like that. Um, OK, mom. I have thoughts on this, so I wanted to get your take. What is it about Beth that you think made her perfect for Ian? And vice versa, we can get into, but. Well, I thought, you know, Ian goes on and on about how much he wanted to protect her, but I think Beth had the same feelings towards Ian. Mm -hmm. That she, and it's not because she felt that he was weak in any way. I think it's because she just realized he was misunderstood in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to be there to help him assimilate to the world around him. And she just, she loved how sweet and and um, good he was. And she really wanted to help him become more comfortable in the world around him. Yeah. 
And I love that when that first time when he kind of like blows up at the inspector fellows and um and he's like I scared her away. She's never going to come back to me. And then she comes back that morning and is like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to provoke you into having that reaction and, and how touched he is by that. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like, I thought for sure that I had scared you away and you're coming to me and apologizing. And, um, yeah. So I think that is a good example. And I think for her, she she's a very compassionate person i think from from what she's witnessed both you know on in her time on the streets and um also as a vicar's wife and just kind of the things that she's seen there and um i think she's seen actual horrible people that are actually crazy with how with drink and with how evil they can be and rage like that yeah and so she's i think yeah it's kind of like you said she realizes he's misunderstood and that he's got a good heart and yeah he's got this thing that kind of sets him off sometimes but that it's all you know able to be navigated and things like that um and one of my I didn't put it as my swoon worthy moment, but I wanted to talk about it is um and it kind of goes in line with this. I love I love their kind of progression into she tells jokes and he doesn't ever get it. He never understand he's I even and, I even highlighted it when he says, I never understand a thing you say. <laughs> but I love when um the, when they're at the dinner table and he says she makes like a little joke and she's like are you he's like are you joking again and she's like yes don't mind me he's like i never mind you (laughs) and he just laughs because he can tell she's telling a joke you know and i and everybody at the table is stunned yeah because they're like none of us have heard ian laugh out loud um and also okay this is just sort of related but when talking about the craziness that she's seen on the streets Man, how much would it have sucked to be a woman back then? Oh gosh. Especially I read a these poor books woman. and I think about Yeah, I think about it all the time. There was there were no jobs they let them do. There were it, you know, it's not like you could better your situation in any way shape or form. The only where the only direction to go was down. And well, and she talks it, about how she's like yeah, I was lucky I did not yeah. have to, like... I could have easily wound up on the streets like these women did. Yeah. And, uh, gosh. Well, and she's talking about... There's one moment where she's talking about how, like, when she was in the poorhouse and things like that and just constantly having to live in fear that she was going to get attacked and raped. And it's just like, huh, I live in fear of that and I don't really have <laughs> as much reason to. And, yeah. um Yeah, so... Jeez, Louise, it's, I can't imagine. Um, Okay, anyway, moving on from that, that tangent. Do you think this book suffers at all from first bookitis? Oh, there's the question right there. Mm -hmm. Um, It has, okay, go ahead. It's hard for me to say because I've read the entire series, so now when I go back and read the book, it was actually fun for me to hear little snippets of like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that this happened. So it was 
fun. So I don't know how I felt about it the first time I read it, but I loved the book the first time I read it. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that... I think it has the traits of first book itis, but I don't think it suffers from it. It is definitely, I mean, if anything, this book sets up the couples more than most first books that we've read. I mean, like, you know, in this first book, who pretty much everybody is ending up with. Well, except Cam. I don't know. Yeah. You don't know Cam, but you know, you know, they mention briefly who um, Hart. Hart is obviously going to end up so with. So there's two second chance romances there. And I don't usually like second chance romances. Yeah. But, um, but and then it's very obvious Mac and Isabella are going right. to. But I remember, I remember Mac's story. And I remember thinking, okay, I completely understand why she left him. And I completely understand why she wants to get back together with him now. So, because that, I don't always feel that way with second chance romances. Yeah. But um, uh, I felt that he had redeemed himself and deserved to have her back. And, um and you can see the whole reason why she left him coming because you can see what he's working on in his yeah. life. <laughs> Bless him, too. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of the markers of a first book for sure in this book. But I think that, um, I mean, it handles it really well. And it makes, I mean, even me who's read all these books before, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to reread these books. I know, I, I do. And I, I can't. I kept saying, I can't, I don't have time to read this series again. There's too many books. <laughs> yeah. Cause, but I would love to. So someday in my life, I'm going to reread this series. Yeah. Because I, like, especially that scene uh, towards the end when um, she's sick and Ian is freaking out and he just kind of calls out Mac, like, you're an idiot. Like, will yeah. you freaking work this out with this woman that you obviously still love? Like, Come on. And, how, he, and he's like, I tried. And he's like, not hard enough. Try harder. <laughs> and um, and therein lies book two. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the perfect little segue into book two. Um, so, so yeah. So I think when talking about the things that this book has to juggle, I think that's something that it does really well. Um, because and it's interesting because there's a lot of things about this book you know, that that are strange for a first book. First of all, he's the youngest of the four brothers, and mm-hmm. he's the first one to, well, I shouldn't say he's the first one to get married, but he's definitely the first well, one. he's that definitely not, because most of them that have been married before get back with, well. Well, all of them have been married before. So he's the last one, really, to get married, but mm-hmm. he's the first one in this series to get married. Yeah. Um, she's a couple of years older than him, which is unusual. We don't usually especially have that, especially, especially in historicals. Yeah. Um, because usually they're, you know, 16 and 36. <laughs> Don't get me started. Not that, yeah. <laughs> Mom's bugaboo. <laughs> but um, so there were a lot of little things like that that are kind of oddities, for you know, and then the fact that he's autistic. But um, so there's a lot of oddities in this book, mm-hmm. for a, especially for the first book of a series. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, let's talk about the mystery aspect of this book because this is another thing there's a lot of internal and a lot of external conflict in this book as well um so how successful did you find the case did did you enjoy that part of the storyline all that stuff well i love a mystery you do um (laughs) and i love that beth is the one that because everyone else just kind of 
pushed it aside and didn't want to talk about it anymore. And Beth is the one that's like, no, this is tearing you guys apart. We need to figure well, this thing out. And I love that kind of, I don't know if you'll call it a twist or not, but kind of this twist of the case of the mystery is that they all thought it was each other. Right. <laughs> like they've all just been working under these, like living their lives thinking it was the other brother or, you know, with Inspector Ian thought it was Hart and he was protecting Hart. Hart thought it was Ian and he was protecting Ian. And Beth is like, neither one of you are capable of doing this. So we need to figure out who it was so we can get fellows off your back. Well, and, you know, that it was, I love that because even when it's like, it becomes pretty obvious that it's probably Mrs. Palmer, it still is, she did the second murder, but the first murder was actually... The girl who really? yeah. uh, he had been protecting this whole right. time. And um, so, yeah. So I, I love all of that kind of, yeah, I found I found the mystery. Uh, I mean, and like I said, it's been over five years since I read this. I didn't remember how all of that went down. And so. Um, I remembered it was Mrs. Palmer. And I remember she had her at the end, like took her at the end. But I didn't remember it was Lily yeah. that did the first the first murder. I didn't remember any of that. And so. Um, you know, I think sometimes these external mystery conflicts in a romance are sometimes a little, it's like, well, you've only introduced, you know, two other people outside of the couple. So obviously it's going to be, right. you know, that person. Um, but this one was one that actually kind of kept, kept me guessing a little bit. Um, so I appreciate that in yeah. a external you know, romance, mystery. And then the whole thing with fellows, that in itself was a bit of a mystery. And she pulled that one out of her hat. I I remembered that even before. I remember that too. I couldn't remember if it came out in this book or if it came out later on, but yeah, I remembered that. So I wasn't obviously surprised by that one. Um, Because he gets, by the way, gets one of those 11 books that are in this series. Yes, he does. Which I I think that's, I think his his book was one of the last that I read. I think it's a novella, too. I don't think it's a... Um, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, th- I found the, the mystery plot to be very satisfying for a mystery plot within a romance novel. Because sometimes those are just kind of, like, fun little things to have on the side, you know? But I found it fulfilling in this book. Yes, it was. It was good. Um, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about the sex in this book. Okay, this book. I texted my boyfriend and said, this is one that I don't want to talk about with my mom. <laughs> okay, so this book. Um, I remember when I read it the first time, and even on the podcast, I said, wow, this is a saucy book. And then when I went to read it the second time, I thought, I'm not going to, it's not going to, it's probably not as bad as I remember because, you know, I read it early on in my reading career and I've read a lot of stuff since then and I'm pretty calloused and I can handle it. I mean, I handled it okay, but I was still like, whew, wow. Mm -hmm. The thing about this book, and I actually loved this about them, but the thing that made it seem really saucy was he was so matter of fact about talking about anything and he did not pull punches and he did not try to make it like sweeter for you know and she's just trying to keep up with that and she's like fine we're talking like this here i go yeah and it's like so they're just like boop 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 and um i was like wow this is this is saucy especially for a historical this is pretty 
Well, and we've had a long string of like pretty tame ones lately. And so I think this was like, oh, okay, we're back at it. (laughs) Here we go. So I still thought it was pretty, you know, wet and wild, shall we say. Okay. (laughs) I don't know that we should say that. (laughs) Okay, you don't like that term? (laughs) Not for a sex scene in a romance novel. (laughs) Well, I I find it very descriptive. Um, yeah, uh, they make no ifs, ands, or buts about the fact that they want to hit it, and hit it they do, for Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I, like I, I can't tell if, if this one is, you know, up there with some of the stuff that we generally read, or if it's just been a while since we've had, like, one with this mount of sexy time or if i'm ovulating it's hard to know <laughs> you can refer back to our last episode about the kind of you guys are gonna get a like a really uh like firm idea of what my cycle is because i reference it like every episode <laughs> every episode we got to know what's going on in ellen's <laughs> menstruation cycle um but i think with this book especially because of the tactile nature and because of him trying to um, suss out what love is, you know, cause he kind of is like, he kind of equates it with, is it desire? Is it lust? And she's like, well, yes and no. And so I think it's, I think it still is important to the story. There is probably more of it than is necessary to the story, but, um, but yeah, and I, I like I said, I appreciate it about Beth that she's just like whatever. I'm, you know. Yeah, it, it wasn't a big drama thing. Well, and at one point, he's I think he says he loves her when she's laying there naked, and she says, "Is it love or is it desire?" And he says, "It's both." Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good. And um, you know, I kind of love about her that she, like she initially set out. She's like, "I don't want to marry anybody. I just want to have sex." And he's like. I want, and then he decides like a little bit and he's like, no, I don't want anybody else to have her. I want her like. Well, and he says, I want to wake up with her every morning. Yeah. So we need to do whatever it takes to make that happen. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I, yeah. So it was saucy, but I think also not like overly for the context of the story. Um, Okay, mom, what was your swooniest moment? Well, I already kind of referenced it, but I think my swooniest moments is when he would take the time to look her in the eye. Like when, especially before the end where he had been really working on it, but when, and it was just, had such an impact on her when he would look her in the eye. And I think so that's, those are my swooniest moments. So that's my honorable mention is him looking her in the eye. My, my pick though is the sick bed. And yeah. just you're always a sucker for a sick bed. I am, and just how like beside himself tortured he is. he is. Um, I love that, you guys. And um, I wrote down a couple lines from the sick bed scene because it was just like swoon. Um, but she's kind of laying there unconscious, and he says, "Is this what love feels like? I don't like it, my Beth. It hurts too much." <laughs> I was <Yes>. like, "Ian," <laughs> and um, that was a good line. And then he said, and then later it says, if she died, he might as well take himself back to the asylum and lock himself in because he'd go mad if he had to live without her. 
Ugh. Ian. Ian. <sighs> um, but I just love that whole scene. And I, I love him kind of, you know, using that, having that moment as his realization that he does love her and he does get it now. And, um, yeah, and just how sweet he is with her and how he's, like, memorized all these books about <laughs> taking care Medical of sick treatment. people. And, um, yeah, he's just so sweet. Um, okay, should we hear what other people thought of this book? Yes, Ellen, let's hear what other people thought of this book. Okay. Penny said, reread it so many times. Uh, though not as often as the many sins of Lord Cameron. Love the series, and Ian and Beth started it all. Beth is such a kind, strong, and truly understanding heroine, especially when she had to deal with Hart in his grr mode, lol. But Ian, Ian is one of a is a one of a kind hero. His devotion to his main bowl and later Beth is something that never fails to make my heart swoon. Yeah, he's like I said, he really is one of a kind. Like. I have always remembered him, and sometimes our heroes are a little bit, you know, forgettable sometimes in the grand scheme of things, but he sticks with you for sure. Um, Aaron says, my husband would appreciate it if you didn't pick any more books in a series because I definitely continued on in the series after finishing this one with nary a pause between books. (laughs) Um, She says, I definitely loved this book. Beth is fierce and funny. Her staring down heart was the best. It was also a nice break from the virginal ladies and historical novels that have to be taught everything. That's true. Um, She wasn't super experienced, but she owned her sexuality more than authors often write for that time, and I appreciated it. Ian is so endearing and sweet. I loved his tenderness and love for Beth. I think I melted most when he laughed at the dinner table, and she finds out later the reason for Daniel and Cam's astonishment was because Ian never laughs out loud, uh, showing what a profound impact she was making on him. Jennifer Ashley did a fantastic job setting up the next novel because I was left wanting to know more about Mac and Isabella, hence the lost weekends to the Mackenzie brothers. (laughs) Um, Sarah says, OMG, here we go. This one has to be one of my top HR reads. I absolutely loved it the first time around and the second time when I reread it not long ago. Ian is a hero you just don't forget very easily. Well, uh, because you simply don't see a hero with autism much in romance, let alone historical romance. I think we've seen many heroines with certain disabilities, but not many heroes. So I think it was very brave of Jennifer Ashley to write this and for the publisher to publish it because I can just hear their reservation about a hero looking weak. Not that I think that, mind you. Uh, she says, it was also great to see how Ian bloomed. You can literally see his transformation throughout the story, and it is just so beautiful. Then there's the fact that it's just hot AF. (laughs) That's also true. But man, it was just so touching for him to think he wasn't capable of love, but then be just as shocked as anyone when he falls hard for Beth. Love, love, love this book. So glad you guys are doing one of my top five. Um, Jen says, this is so interesting in that the hero and heroine are atypical. She wasn't a blushing virgin. Beth knows herself and is written with agency. The author has said Ian is written to be on the spectrum. And I so appreciate the decision for the dimension it adds to him. Most interestingly, the story doesn't end with marriage. A lot of the book is spent on them understanding each other and their dynamic as partners. And that was rare prior to the recent change slash evolution in historicals. Yeah, that's true. Um, singular male listener Jason said, I feel like a real member. This is the first book I have already le- read. I loved this book. 
Uh, Kristen says, I reread this recently and gah, so many feels. Loved it just as much, maybe more the second time around. Uh, need to continue the story, the series story of my life. Um, <laughs> Jessica one, there's two Jessicas right in a row. Jessica one said, I finished this last night and loved it. I can't believe I missed it when it first came out. This was different from many of the historical romances out there in such wonderful ways, showcasing a woman who knows what she wants and stands up for herself and her guy and a hero who finds acceptance and love. So many swoon worthy, all the feel moments. I also loved the rest of the McKenzie brothers and I'm, I'm definitely going to get their books from the library. Uh, Jessica number two says this book is in my top 10 of all time. Probably Beth is patient, kind, forthright, strong, really funny. She is the whole package. She reminds me of Jessica from Lord of Scoundrels. Another favorite. That is a good one. Ian is delicious. I feel like I should hate his overprotective possessiveness, but for some reason I'm there for it big time. This book does a great job of setting up the series without having first book syndrome. Side characters are mostly delightful. I love this book. Swoon. And then finally, Natalie says, just finished this late last night. Hashtag bad decision book club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> loved it. I cared so much for Beth and Ian, and I loved the mystery aspect, which kept me engaged. I found this book had a great mix of internal slash external conflict for me. On to the next. And yeah, sounds like that's a lot of people want to read the rest of the series. And I, I feel you because I'm also tempted to. But we know me. But we all know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. Mom, any final thoughts on The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie? No, I love this book. I love this series. I... We, we, because some people were asking us on Facebook and mom kind of weighed in, so I didn't weigh in. <laughs> but I would say um, I kind of petered off after you get through the brothers. And I'm sure the other books are good too, but I just really wanted to see the story of the rest of these brothers. And so that's kind of where I find my natural stopping place. But the McKenzie brothers, the McBride brothers, I can't even remember where they come into the story. Someone marries one of the gals is a McBride. I can't remember if it's Isabella or who Cam marries. But then this person has a lot of family and then Mm -hmm. the families kind of mesh together. And um, yeah, it's it's a great series. I loved all the books. Mm-hmm. I even read all the novellas. I read the Christmas stories. I read <laughs> I read every bit of it. Yeah. And um some of them are prequels. The Christmas book they find a journal. Yeah. Of I, their I, mom and or some anyway. It's like their and, grandmother. And yeah. Like the first so the guy who was like given the dukedom, I think, is what it was. So that becomes like a prequel kind of story. And then um, there's one about, there's one that goes way back to their great, great, great grandfather or something that um, talks about how he becomes a duke and builds the castle and the folly that was built. And I mean, all that stuff is explained in all these books. So it's great. It's a great series. It's, It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, and one that I think um, doesn't get, like, talked about as much in terms of, like, it's one that I like to rec. It's, especially this first book, it's one, because I think, I think when I had read the series that this one was my favorite. 
So I think it's a series that starts off and like immediately will get you. And so um, um, I would not recommend this to everybody because most of my friends couldn't handle it. Okay, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Somebody who's like looking for a historical series that is a romance reader, they can handle it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie by Jennifer Ashley. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at notyourmomsrom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, uh, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you on October 20th. 8th right in time for halloween we will be discussing the paranormal dark lover by jr ward and based on what people are telling me i am already (laughs) concerned about reading this with mom um but mom is delighted um i just like to when ellen's embarrassed it makes me feel good inside yeah so that'll be fun um remember you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them you guys it's true um so thanks guys and uh we'll see you next time bye bye